Hello and welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about air fried turkey. I'm your host, Ooh. Bobby Pease. Joining me, as always, the gamer on the go, Chase Kinnicky, and the gamer that should go, Johnny Amazich. Gentlemen, we are almost to Turkey Day. It is the 23rd of November, 2020. How are you two holding up? Uh, I watched Hereditary this week. and So you're not doing well. I don't know <laughs> if I will ever be the same. Also, um, the uh, sound... Yeah. I keep hearing that. Yep. And also just doing it to mess with my wife. Uh so that's that's been fun. Fun for me. That is the best of one of those movies out there. It's very good at what it does. It very strong like Rosemary's baby mixed with shining vibes a little bit. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely like just in the Chase, you don't watch scary stuff. Building right? sense of I dread. Uh, it, you know, it's it's very very done, very very well. I've, done. I've said that that movie's not scary when people have asked me about it. Like I don't like scary movies. I don't think it's a scary movie. I think it's a disturbing movie. Mm. It has some scary moments, but for the most part, it's just very uncomfortable. Yeah, very unsettling. Uh, speaking of very unsettling and very uncomfortable, I played six hours of a Destiny raid yesterday. That's yeah, you are the maddest <laughs> lad I know. Uh, yeah, and can we just pause? Like, I I think that I we're gonna stop recording. We're gonna go back on the uh, way back machine here for the casual hour. Which God help us all. Mm-hmm. There's definitely receipts where you yep. talk about not liking raids. Correct. And I think you probably even use some less than colorful language uh, describing raids at some point mm-hmm. in time. Yes. What what happened to you? I nothing's happened. I still don't like raids. <laughs> um, I okay. do like helping my friends though. And when I said I'd be an alternate for the raid if they needed somebody, uh, because I just happened to be at at a high enough light level, not. Not a good light level, but a high enough light level to be useful in the raid. And Adequate. I said, "Hey, hey, uh, we could actually use you." All right, let's let's do it. But uh, I, you know, as much as I don't actually like doing raids themselves, I do like the stuff you get out of them. And this one's got some pretty good stuff you can get out of it. And that just went live, right? Yeah, it just went live on Saturday. Uh, and and I beat it on Sunday with my clan. Once they turned off the challenge mode, which would put, which just makes it, it caps the the light level that you can be in those first twenty four hours, and it makes it harder for everybody because they they just can die much more quickly. Um, well, let's. I want to hear more about that. So, sure. guys, if, for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, we're a video game podcast weekly video game podcast. This is a What You've Been Playing episode. Uh, tonight, we're going to tell you a little bit about what we've been playing. Chase has already kind of set the stage with Destiny. Um, tonight, we will not be going into a lot of new stuff. If any, it's been kind of slow, but we are going to discuss on the back end of the episode uh, some stuff around the Game Awards nominees and some of our feelings there. But we are going to break down some of the games that we've been playing this week. Uh, Chase, we'll just keep going on Destiny 2. So Destiny 2 Beyond Light, that came out. 10th, correct? November 10th? Yeah, a few a couple weeks ago now. So in a couple weeks, you have 
gotten your character to a light level of 1230, right? Is that raid ready? I needed to be 1230 for the raid. I think right now I'm like 1238 after okay. the, some, some extra drops that happened during the raid. And Chase is playing as a Titan, mm-hmm. and he has completed the raid, one of the elitist, completest of the raid. Um, yeah. And I can, uh, I can buy an overpriced jacket now. But the thing about this, though, I mean, traditionally, these raids, there's so many mechanics that nobody has seen before that takes a lot of trial and error figuring it out. Usually, <clears throat> whenever you and I have done raids in the past, there's been enough people that have done this to where they can give us some sort of insight to it. What was it like for you being on that that cutting edge of trying to learn to cipher uh, a whole new mechanic in a raid? Yeah, um, it was it, it was okay. Um, so it was everybody from from our clan. Uh, Bobby is part of the clan, even if he doesn't participate in any activities. Um, um but like the other guys this is all the first time that we did the raid but the other guys had watched enough of people streaming it on saturday and learning how it worked that they still had a pretty good idea of the mechanics and it was really just about executing them and for me i i had watched a touch of of some of those streams on on Saturday, just because I was interested in seeing, oh, what what's the new raid look like? Where where is it? What what kind of stuff is going on in it? So I I watched maybe like twenty minutes of of people who were streaming for twelve hours or whatever. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's do, doing those raids on the first day where you don't know the mechanics and are having to actively learn that stuff. I will never, never do that. I can promise you that. Receipts or no receipts, I can promise. I will never be doing a day one raid where uh, I have to actually suss out the mechanics myself. I'm using suss in the correct context. Not, yeah, that was a... Not the, I appreciate not it. I, I mean, not, I will say you participating in this raid is a bit sus. Sure. Stop. Uh, Stop. Uh, we didn't as, have to do that. <laughs> as we described earlier, uh, like I'm not, I'm not a big fan of raiding. Uh, I... I don't love the puzzly aspect of it. I I like I like shooting stuff. Uh, I like the shooting stuff in Destiny. The shooting stuff feels the best. Is that the role that you played in this raid, the shooter? Mostly. Uh, they. I mean, I wouldn't say that I was completely carried. I was definitely had had uh, responsibilities, but I think whenever they could, because I was the lowest light level and and therefore the most vulnerable. When they could, they'd be like, "Okay, let's let's not give give Chase one of the like super important roles here right. uh, because we need him to stay alive." Uh, what was so the I meta was, for loadouts this time? Uh, <laughs> like, what was it, it the gun everybody's supposed to have? I wouldn't say there was a gun that everybody was supposed to have. Um, we used divinity at the end, so one okay. one person had to have divinity uh, for the boss fight. Um, there was. Uh, some anarchy usage at the end. Uh, there were definitely some parts where people needed to take out their falling guillotine swords, the the sword that was broken, broken good last season and still yeah. very good this season. Uh, honestly, when the when the first group beat the raid, so not us, but but a group first beat the raid on Saturday during the race, um, it unlocked new stuff for everyone in Destiny Two including an exotic quest uh, for a sword called Lament. Lament. Oh. 
which is the chainsaw sword that they have, have yeah. talked up. Oh. And that one is like the the sword now. Like fuck fuck falling guillotine. <laughs> fuck falling guillotine forever. Uh, this thing is I'll be lamenting falling guillotine. Uh, and and it's something that's relatively easy for people to get. It'll take a little time. You got to kill some vex and kill stuff with swords. But when you get this sword, uh, which I haven't gotten yet, I, I haven't done it yet, but um, it's it's extremely good from from my view, from watching other people, and then I've I've watched some videos about it too. Um, so some people were using that in in some specific instances, but we really did have to switch loadouts between every encounter because there were. The, the encounters are pretty different. Some of them are mostly just a puzzle. Uh, some of them are definitely combat encounters, and some are a pretty solid mix of the two. Uh, this one, I, I thought visually, uh, the the look of this raid was the best that I've seen. It's on Europa, correct? It's on Europa. You're going down into the the Clovis Bray facility. And you're you're seeing, it, it's cool. It's very it's very laboratory esque. And this is um, where the X ex, XO is made, correct? Uh, I don't know if it was specifically in this place, but yes, this. I mean, this this season is mostly about XOs and how they were made and Clovis Bray. And I'm not super into the lore, but I know enough to know that oh, this is kind of cool and interesting. Um, and when does Cade Six come back? You know, he gone. Didn't didn't mention that. Didn't mention yeah. that too much. Um, so, and there's there also is one really cool encounter where half the team needs to like stay on the laboratory floor, and then half the team gets in these pods that will send you up a space elevator into space. Uh, which, I mean, Destiny, you're in space, you're going to different planets and whatever, but this is like the first time it felt like, oh, I'm just in space space now. Oh, crazy. Like, <laughs> I'm just I'm just like, you look outside and you're seeing stars and shit, and that's, that's pretty rad. And then once you beat that encounter, there's a, I mean, jumping puzzle is maybe a little too strong, but there's a jumping section where you are literally on the outside of the space station, and it is maybe the coolest moment of Destiny I've I've been a part of. Uh, the music is very good, and then at some point the music just completely fades out, and it is just the silence of space as you're trying to jump across these different parts of the space station to get to the next section. And it's it's just an incredibly looking thing. That's uh, awesome. I, like Bungie and their skyboxes, we we always talk about them, but I think they've outdone their outdone themselves because this one was just really really gorgeous. Yeah. There's um, been a lot of discussion. Go ahead for it, Johnny. I was just, I, I'm so sad that I've never been able to experience a Destiny raid before. Um, because it always sounds like the coolest part of the game, like they save the coolest stuff, even if it's not quote unquote the best part of the game, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the big showpiece that they save for each expansion. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right about that. They they put a lot of effort into these raids, um, and the community has to put in a lot of effort completing them. And it's they unlock stuff usually, uh, like 
whoever's the first to beat the raid will unlock stuff. I mentioned the exotic quest. There are a couple other things for this one. Previous raids have unlocked other quests and other parts of the world. Um, it's like that, again, it's like a super incredible thing. I don't love doing them though because I just don't love. Hey, people are just shouting out commands everywhere. There's so much pressure. Uh, even even like we're a group of six people who are relatively friend friendly, I suppose. Uh-huh. Like a lot of these guys are are not based in Missouri. Uh, like only one other guy. I've only yet ever met one of these guys in real life because he's the one who is in Missouri, <laughs> um, who who Bobby and I know and and we came over with to be in the clan in the first place. Um, like everyone else is all, in all different parts of the of the United States and and also the world. I think there's a guy who's like a, a military on a military base military base in Japan, um, and he plays you know on off hours when we're not playing. Um, but there is something really cool about a raid that it is six people doing this thing together that we struggle through it together. Uh, we had to come up with our own plans or our own ways of calling things out because even though we had an idea of how something worked, we didn't know exactly, you know, should we call this, should we call this front left and front right? Or should we call this one, two, three, and four? Um, and, and we tried a couple different ways and had to go back to one way because the other way wasn't working. Uh, it's, it is interesting how, how that stuff works. And, uh, it, it was a fun time. And, and honestly, the best part of the raid though is the stuff. And I think the stuff from this raid is pretty solid. The weapons, at least. I think the weapons are really, really cool. Uh, the weapons, um, Bobby, I, I mean, Johnny, I don't think you know what Arbalist is, but but Bobby, you know about mm-hmm. the Arbalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like a railgun-looking thing, yeah. exotic um, in Destiny 2. And the rest of these guns kind of have an Arbalist look uh, that's all about, like, these spindly tubes that kind of go over the, the weapons, and they look really really cool and they've got a, a nice kind of white and black and, and light blue art style or uh, color scheme to them uh, so they're all extremely good I got a very good shotgun called the heritage uh, the armor I don't think is all that great um, I got a few pieces of that and it's whatever um, but then there is an usually exotic... when Chase says that it's stuff I like a whole lot Johnny maybe <laughs> I, I don't know like it's it's I mean that tracks just... with you know the rest of the podcast <laughs> true it does have shiny stuff like there's plenty of shiny stuff all over like there's you have like uh monitors on your arms that you can look at that have like computery key stuff all like in. that that looks cool um the titan chest piece though i think looks really dumb because it's got that same kind of light up monitor stuff on the on the chest but it looks like a bunch of military badges that are up there, and I, I think it just looks kind of lame. Also, the helmet has these weird Frankenstein-looking spikes coming out of either side of the helmet, and they just look silly. Hmm. They just really look silly. It's got a big dumb horn on it too. Um, the arms are okay. Anyway, like uh, the the main thing that people are going for in this raid is the raid exotic, an exotic weapon that you only get um, you only get a chance at. Um, after you complete a raid. Uh, they've had a few of these over the past raids, things like Anarchy, things like Thousand Voices, um, things like Terraba, and this one is 
potentially the best one they've ever made. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it is a rocket launcher, and people are saying it is basically the new Gallarhorn, and maybe yeah. even better than the Gallarhorn. Uh, Gallarhorn was a was a pretty infamous rocket launcher from Destiny One that uh, was very broken in how good it was, and they haven't brought it back to Destiny Two because I think they know how broken it was. Uh, but this one's incredible. It it can. Um, uh, you guys, I mean, it's kind of like the rocket launcher in Halo 2 uh, or, mm-hmm. or the Halo franchise where it could lock on to stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one can lock on, but it can lock on to six different targets because it shoots out six mini rockets in one shot. And then it can, all of them will just go to the six different things that you've scanned. Uh, it's really cool. And if you do all that damage to just one target, it does a ton of damage. And then if you do, if your first volley of rockets kills four things, your next volley of rockets does even more damage, and the damage is just incredible. And it also oh, this looks, looks really, really cool. cool. It's, What's uh, the name I- of it? Eyes of Tomorrow. Eyes of Tomorrow, that's correct. And it even has like these six little screens on the side of it, and it has these little circles that just kind of bounce back and forth, almost like their eyes that are just looking for the the six targets that it has it's it's got a cool look to it it's incredibly good i want it so bad but i don't know if i'm going to raid enough to get that Damn. thing anyway it's Ch- cool are raid. you better because of this or are you worse because of this i mean i'm i'm poorer because of this because i had to buy that stupid jacket because you know it's the only one i'll ever get and it was a nice moment so i suppose eh I don't know. Oh, I, I think fun. it was fun. I, I'm glad I was a part of it. Um, I, I I like Destiny, but I'm very excited to go back into into normal Destiny 2 with a couple of raid goodies and not think about the raid again unless somebody says, hey, we need you. And then I can go, I guess. <laughs> Johnny and I will hit you up here in a few weeks. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you possibly, you couldn't have had time for anything else. Right. Sorry, say that again. You couldn't have had time for anything else if you were doing the raid. Like, there's no other games you could have played, right? Oh, certainly not. Certainly not. <laughs> no, I played a shit ton of stuff. I just didn't play anything on on Sunday except for Destiny. Um, but you know, we had our deep dive last week, so we didn't talk about any games then. So this is over two weeks. If that if that makes you feel better, uh, <laughs> I'll. I'll, I'll I'll try to talk somewhat quickly over the other parts. Um, I played another act of Kentucky Route Zero, uh, TV edition. Uh, I played Act Three. That's where I'm. I met, and uh, I like Act Three a lot. I I feel bad. Have you played Act Three before? No, no. This is my first time. Um, I and I feel bad. I I do not think I'm going to be able to finish Act Four and Act Five and the things between. Uh, those those uh, acts uh, before game of the year, and I also just feel really weird about this game for game of the year. This this game yeah. has been broken into five, well, not even five pieces because it's got all the interstitials. Um, it's they've been developing this game forever. Act one came out like what seven seven eight years ago at this point. It's it's been a long yeah, it's been time. Been a while. Mm-hmm. So, it came out at the beginning of basically the prior generation. 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, it started on PC, so console generations don't make a ton of sense. But yeah, the the idea of me saying Conway should be thought of for new, best new character if we do our categories. It's like, is he a best new character if he was in Act One that took place seven years ago? I mean, the game came out this year, but it, but it's like everything we've talked mm-hmm. about with early access games but done to the extreme. So part of me wants to say, ah, fuck it, it came out this year. Don't worry about it. It's This is the game. Yeah. Uh, and the other part of me goes, ah, this just doesn't make any sense at all. And it's a problem that only we have as people who podcast uh, and try to do a yearly game of the year thing. Uh, and it's everyone else problem. should just play it. it. Yes, yes. Our first world problem here of how we categorize games and, and things for, for uh, Game of the Year. Um, I, I liked Act 3 a lot, though. I think it has some extremely good writing, some very nice moments. Um, I would like to keep playing more of that game. Hopefully I will find time to to uh, to finish those last couple acts, because I think it's really cool. Um, I think uh, we're going to let Johnny lead our Yakuza discussion, but I'll have more to say on that. Okay. Um, and then uh, I want to mention one other game um, because Bobby and I, I think, are kind of equally going to talk about Hyrule Warriors. Um, but I want to talk about a game called If Found, which was a game I didn't know existed until the Game Award nominees showed up. Um, I don't I don't know why I didn't see this. I, I hadn't heard anybody talk about this. Uh, but I saw it through the nominee list and went, that's interesting. It was in the the Games for Change. We'll talk about it more when we get to the nominee um, section of the podcast. But uh, I, I was like, oh, it kind of has a cool look to it. It's under Games for Change, so it's probably got an interesting premise. Uh, I would like to see what this is. And, oh, it's probably just going to be one of those Steam-only games. No, it's on Switch, too. Um, so I picked it up on Switch. I played through it you know, on Saturday. It's not an especially long game. It's longer than I thought it would be, but it's not an especially long game. It, it would take you like an afternoon, part of an afternoon. It's a chase-ass looking game. Uh, may, I guess so, in, in the way it looks. Uh, it's It's got a really cool, hand-drawn, sketchy art style to it. Uh, anime-esque? No, I wouldn't say anime. Uh, it's It's... It's like, uh, I mean, it literally is about a uh, a younger person who's drawing in a notebook. And so I think it's more like some teen scribbles than it is anime. I mean, if you want to say it's got some anime stylistics to it, inspirations, I guess I can go with you there. But it is not, it is not an anime game. Uh, in fact, uh, it's from a different island uh of of ireland instead this game is this game is all about the irish uh and it's it's interesting because it is a very specific place Uh, it even has to have uh the the developer has put in little glossary terms so you can understand some of these very specific irish phrases uh, that, that some you may have heard of before and others you just have no idea um like 
bollocks is in there and they go hey this is a rude word they don't even tell you what what bollocks specifically means but then there are other things where it mentions like what an irish breakfast is you may have heard of what an english a full english breakfast is what's the irish equivalent they tell you in this game it basically i think is like one thing switches out and maybe a couple things get added uh i can't remember at, at the moment but uh there there are some things where you just learn about ireland and how how uh, how they speak there and the the kinds of things that, that um, go on, like the way their college system works or schooling system works. I don't think specifically college. Um, but even more important than that, it's a game about uh, a person who is um, gender, gender fluid, um, questioning their gender, specifically uh, born as a boy, trying to figure out whether that's what he or she wants to be uh, as as this person grows up and is trying to just figure out life and it's a it's a very touching teen story and uh there were some very good moments in it i think the story is is very strong and the writing is is pretty solid i really only have one issue with the game and it's something that at the beginning felt great and at the beginning, you uh, just kind of have this screen, and when you hit one of the buttons, you see that you're erasing part of the screen. And so you are uncovering what's underneath, and when you uncover the first thing, it says Annapurna Games. It's like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And then you do it again, and okay, you scratch off that layer, and it's uh, the developer, which is Dream something. I feel bad that I can't remember. Um, Dream Zero or something like that. And then you uncover the next layer. And then you realize that's what the game is. The game is you just uncovering layer after layer after layer. And while it's a very cool thing initially, uh, it gets old quickly because you have to uncover almost all of the screen. You can have like a little bits of the last one and it just fades them out. But for the most part, you kind of have to basically clear off the entire screen and something they didn't tell me, but I had I learned eventually way too late in the controls is that one button does like a smaller scrape and then another button does a larger scrape. <laughs> and I was using the smaller one for over half the game and it was brutal. And even when I got the bigger one, I thought this is just slightly less brutal. <laughs> it's it's not the most fun way to engage with the game. Uh, there are a couple of moments where there are just conversations where all you have to do is hit the A button and it just goes back and forth through the conversation. And I loved those moments in that I didn't have to take another 10 seconds to scrape off the screen correctly again. Um, it, it's tough. Like I, the, the closest thing I can say is like this game is like Florence. It reminds me a lot of Florence. In, I saw, I saw in, a comparison of that sure. in a review. It, I, it it has uh, an emotional story uh, to it, like Florence does. It's not it's not so much about romance. There's a little bit of that in there, but it's it's more about just confused teen, and or not sorry, not even teen, like confused twenty something. Uh, this this person, I think, uh, if I remember right, went to college, went to some college, and is trying to figure out what to do next. Um, but where Florence had these just incredible intuitive moments 
where the way you interacted with the game interacted with the story. Like my favorite part about Florence is where you're physically trying to put these puzzle pieces together to form the the picture or, or form the the speech bubbles that are happening and at one point when you're kind of getting to know this guy uh they're all just coming together super easily the puzzles are super easy to put together and it's just like oh it's so easy to talk to this person the gameplay informed the story and then later in the game you're trying to do that that same kind of puzzle again but the yep. puzzle pieces are much more complex. And also when you put them in, they start drifting apart, even though you've put them in the correct places. Because now, you know, you're not on the same page with this person. Things aren't clicking. You're arguing. You're not able to get your point across. And I just love that gameplay stuff. And in this one, in this game, if found, just scrape off the screen and get to the next one. Okay, just scrape off the screen and go to the next one. And I got extremely tired with the gameplay mechanics, but I felt bad because I was really engrossed in what the story was doing. Uh, so I'm kind of of two minds to it, and uh, it's it's yeah. a little difficult. But I, I think this game is worth playing. Again, it's it's short, it's pretty cheap. Um, it looks pretty, and it it looks gorgeous. Uh, it's on iOS. Now, do you think that would have been a better experience? Probably using your finger to wipe away. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that probably would feel better than, than trying to do it on a Switch. Uh, yeah. I'll also say on a Switch, there is a cursor on, on the screen pretty much at all times that looks like a little eraser to let you know, hey, you should erase what's on here. And the game has such great art. I kept wanting to take screenshots, and I couldn't because there was always a little cursor in there. I couldn't get it completely off the screen. I did find playing it that if i held the eraser button the eraser would kind of start moving erratically on its own it wouldn't it wouldn't completely get rid of the screen stuff for me unfortunately but it would get to a point where it would it would oscillate back and forth enough where it would go off screen for a bit and i could take screenshots but i also needed to be very careful to hold the button at specific points because if i let go and pushed it down again it might scratch off that new layer to get to something underneath and i didn't want that to happen uh i was able to take some really nice looking screenshots uh nice but yeah i i honestly think you guys would get something out of this i don't know if it's necessarily a game of the year contender for us um i'm probably going to mention it for something like best style and maybe for like best moment uh for a couple of different things that happen in it but it's uh i I mean it was an affecting game i I understand why it's in there for games for change and uh and we'll talk maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that when it comes to time for uh for the game awards discussion but yeah um Bobby, why don't you kick us off on Hyrule, and I'll jump in where I can. And just very quickly, uh, before Bobby goes, it's Dream Feel is the name of the studio. Dream Feel. Thank you. Dream Feel. That. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I'm. so I'm pretty much uh, in love with this game. Uh, You're a after, Dynasty Warriors fan now. I'm a, I'm a Dynasty. <laughs> I've ascended. Uh, no, so let's see here. Uh, a couple things out of the gate. We mentioned a few weeks ago when the demo dropped, uh, I think all of us had some pretty high fanfare for um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And one of the things that I was really pumped about was I had basically done all that I could in that demo. And there's a pretty good amount, I felt. Um, All that carries over. So whenever I fired this up uh, on the 20th, 
I was able to uh, pick right up where I left off, and I was at the point where I had to go and meet the original champions. And yeah, I had those you, you kind missions. of have yeah, you get four missions, and you can do them in whatever order you want. It does yep. say like two of them are level five missions, and two of them are level six missions. But yeah, after the demo, I think I was high enough that I could have done any one that I wanted to. Bobby, did you have the same issue that I did? And I think it's the reason I don't like demos much to begin with, in that, you know, it was only a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago when we played the demo, but then I took a couple weeks off before the actual game came out. So any of the tutorialization about controls, when I came back in, you know, it just assumes that I've done all those things, which I did, but I hadn't done them recently. And I got to the point of, oh no, which which button do I do? Which button do I hold down to open up the menu for bombs, magne- or, uh, magnetism, stasis, that kind yeah. of stuff, versus which one is like the special attack versus which one opens up my um, wands or which one gives me the food, the apple so I can regain my health. Right. And I felt like I was hitting so many wrong buttons during the the early and honestly even still now uh i'm i still feel like i'm missing buttons because i didn't get that relearning of yeah. the, the controls and the systems so what chase is referring to is is on the the switch with your l and your r buttons those are um you hold those down and then your face buttons become mapped to certain things and uh in breath of the wild through the slate you have all these abilities uh, that he's alluding to and so if you hold down the right button you've got your bomb your um your stasis etc all mapped to those and each character has access to those which is really interesting to see but they're all mapped accordingly and then on your left button uh you've got a health or how you eat in zelda breath of the wild is a big deal how you get your health back or other items and that happens here i don't i can't remember the name of the the villain but there's a they're the wizards that kind of prance around the uh-huh. sky, Johnny. They have the fire, ice, and electric. Aren't they called wizorbs? Wizorbs. So Wizrobe? when you wizorbs, wizorbs, wizorbs. When you yeah. kill one of those, they drop their their wand, and then you can replenish those. So you basically got attacks on one and the other. I didn't get tripped up with those chase. I did get tripped up with. Um, I had gotten into a pretty good place with Link and Impa for their combo strong attack, and like navigating that, I definitely hit have become rusty uh, on how to like navigate, move, traverse, and that sort of thing. Is is Impa in uh, Breath of the Wild? She is, but she's yeah. very, 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 very old, and you don't okay. recognize her at all. So, so her sister I mean, that you not met. not like she could be best new character anyway, <laughs> because Impa's right. been in Zelda games before. But Impa's uh, best girl. For sure. Impa is like best girl maybe ever. She's fantastic. She's, She's awesome. very, very, Holy very shit, good. Holy shit, she kicks so much ass. Like my Impa so is ass. like eight levels higher than any other character because all Same. I use is Impa. <laughs> uh, I love her her language she's using on the field. Like all her quips she uses. Like I, I love watching her actions. Um, it's just incredible. Like her movement. I, I love how her gliding is almost kind of like the Mario cape from Super Mario World, how she grabs it and it goes to her heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really cool. Um, her Musou attack, well, I'm sorry, not not Dynasty Warriors here. Her super attack, more or less, yeah. ends with, like, she throws down these big bombs, these big bomb barrels, and then 
she like poses at the end and her hat has like fallen off as she did like her big jump and her hat like starting to drift down and she grabs it at like just the perfect moment when everything explodes because she is cool as shit. Ah, she, she's so cool. I, I think that we need to figure out a way to put her on best new character because what I say is yes, Impa is a, an age old character. It's one of the oldest. <laughs> I mean, Zelda. if we can just, we can just have best girl. <laughs> Fair. And Impa will be the only nominee. So her, mm. Maybe not, really? but she can be a... <laughs> oh, I forgot about, how could I forget about pa- Paimon? Sorry. Aww. One of the things that I love about this, again, this peek behind the curtains of what led to the Breath of the Wild that we know, when you meet Impa, like, Impa looks very different than she does in any other game because she's very old and very worn down. And she's very tiny at that point in time. And so to see Impa 100 years prior like this in comparison is so fucking cool. Also just, her sister that you've met. She's kicking ass. Yeah. Well, her sister is looks different in this because there's a, an experiment that went wrong in breath of the wild where it reversed her age. So she's, you know, over a hundred years old in the game, but she looks like she's like six or 10 years old. And so there's some really cool stuff with that. Um, I'm really enjoying seeing the world the way that uh, it's opening up. And I know Chase, you did not finish breath of the wild. We, Johnny and I have talked at length about how much we love breath of the wild. So for me, I feel like I've cracked open this really interesting, like director's cut almost or behind the scenes almost like it feels so cool to get more story. And I'll be the first to admit, like there wasn't a ton of story in breath of the wild. It was very much about a game of feeling. So to me, I feel like I'm getting the story that I wanted more from Breath of the Wild. And I'm learning more about these characters. And it's really interesting to see these champions from 100 years ago that that were like on the line to protect Hyrule. And like there's even been some, I don't want to spoil anything, but the snapshots you get of, of the, the champions that will become whenever you play breath of the wild, I think is just so like heartwarming and wholesome at the same time in some of the ways that they handle it. But it adds such a better understanding of like the significance of the relationship where there's failures and acceptance where like you would have to go back. Like it wasn't easy to persuade people a hundred years after getting your ass kicked and you don't really understand it and you get frustrated, but going back into it to see like how these people took up the cause for, for Zelda and really what that payoff is going to be, which was kind of fuck all. And like Link is just this, you know, silent night. And all these things happen where you have to convince people. And I think there's just so much fascinating stuff from a lore perspective here at work where you're getting to see like why it was so hard to convince people to go up against Ganon again. Where like it's you're, if you play a Zelda game, going up against Ganon, uh, uh, Ganon is what you do. And to convince people after they've lost so much to come back and do it again. It's so crazy to think about. And it just adds a whole layer of depth to this game that I appreciate so much. Yeah. I think there are some really nice moments in there as well. Like, as you mentioned, I I don't know the full story of, of breath of the wild, but I do know I did go do the, the Zora stuff and seeing Mifa in breath of the wild made me think like, she's a better love interest for link than Zelda is. Like, it seems like they have a better rapport, uh like what's what's going on here and in this game 
like that's even further. Like, oh, this is where he meets Mifa. This is where uh, like you can see the two of them interact and and start to grow together. Whereas he's just like Zelda's right hand in in the game. So yep. mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like okay, well, this makes total sense of why that relationship feels better in Breath of the Wild because the seeds were planted here. Um, I mean, the best part is seeing Sidon though is like t- tiny little oh, fish God. boy. Oh, he's so God. good. And he's he, so good. And he still has the same fucking smirk. Yeah. God, yep. he flashes those pearly whites at you. It's just, it just <laughs> melts you. So Dynasty Warriors, yeah. uh, if you've played a Dynasty Warriors game before, they are known for having these incredibly huge casts uh, of characters, of playable characters. And this game, I don't think has that. Uh, it, it's You can play as Link, you can play as Zelda, you can play as Impa. Um, and then you can play as the four different champions that you collect by doing those missions, uh, which is Urbosa, Rivali, um, uh, Mifa, and then I never got the Goron. The, the, the Goron's Roots. Name? Okay. The roots Protection. Uh, um, so I, I know those characters will come into your party when you do those missions. Uh, I don't know if anybody else comes in. I don't know if there's anybody else to come in at that point. No, I which, think there's a seven, right? It might just be those seven. Um, and if that's the case, I think what they've done is really interesting to make Dynasty Warriors combat better. Like, they've improved yeah. upon Dynasty Warriors combat, which needed it. Like, I love Dynasty Warriors, but Dynasty Warriors I mean, is been the same game the since same. the PS1. It has... In a lot of ways. A, a lot, yes. Um, PS2, please. Please. Not... To, oh, sorry. My mistake. The original Dynasty Warriors was a fighting game over here, so that one might have been PS1. So that was very different from Dynasty Warriors 2, which was, I believe, PS2. Maybe it wasn't. Dynasty Warriors mm, Dynasty Warriors 3 was definitely PS2. It doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. Um, but to see them do more interesting things and use the Breath of the Wild mechanics with the bombs, with the, the uh, magnetism, with the stasis, with the free stuff... Uh, and finding yep. ways to bring that into the battle in a puzzle-like element is really cool. And even yeah. further than that, the stuff they've done with the characters themselves, they play extremely differently for being a game that still works of YYYX, <laughs> YYYX uh, over and over again. Uh, Rivali, Bobby and I have both found out, is kind of broken in that he can just kind yeah. of fly so he can go up and avoid a ton of enemy attacks. He's got a different set of skills in the air than he does on the ground. He's he's like two characters in one, which is something the Dynasty Warriors just doesn't do. Uh, so that's that's extremely cool. Uh, Urbosa yep. has has uh, lightning attacks that she's able to uh, to make happen. She's got a whole charge mechanic with her attacks where you are are having to charge this meter so you can do more damage with your electric stuff. Mifa has a mechanic of being able to climb up or create like these water spouts and then climb up them and do some incredibly cool combo damage where she can just keep going from uh, spout to spout to spout. It reminds me of like playing as Nightcrawler in the old X-Men arc. Sure. Because you you bounce around the battlefield with her and it like I don't know if you've had this happen, but I've even been able to execute just going through those water spouts the the parrying system or the dodge system where it slows down time. It's so like you come out of this water spout, which has a really fucking cool look to it. And then you can just, you know, how, when you dodge in Breath of the Wild, Johnny, how you can go in and just keep hitting. Uh-huh. 
the flurry yeah, in this game as well. The flurry, yeah. And so that think, happens when don't you, you go get to do that in the demo. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's there. But hers, you don't have to necessarily dodge if you just execute these water spouts and you come through it correctly and time it correctly. You'll be behind the character dodging the attack and then you go into that attack. It's really, really cool. And the reason we all like Impa is that she has a mechanic where she can charge these runes and basically just make shadow clones of herself uh, up to three times. And then she, when she gets all the runes, then she's got like six other clones that are just so cool. fucking everything up. And her yeah. super becomes uh, like way overpowered when she has all the clones out there. Uh, it, she's she's an incredibly cool character, and it makes me think. Link is the worst character in this game, even even though he's got stuff too, and he's the only one who can get different kinds of weapons. Uh, you can give Link a one-handed weapon or a two, big two-handed blade or or hammer or something like that. Um, he can also get spears. Uh, so, uh, what? So so Link is like Mario in Mario Tennis or golf or something, where he's like very well rounded but maybe the yeah. least interesting character no, to play as? No, I wouldn't say that. It's it's that he is customizable where the others are not. Uh, you can okay. you can choose the way you want to play Link where the other ones have a very a very unique but a very yeah. locked move set and Link can change based on how you want to build him. Also Link's the only one who can change his outfits. Uh, they they kind of have the same Breath of the Wild. Hey, you can get the sapphire armor, and yep. and it changes the way you look, and you can get the the different helmets. I have the rubber the rubber helmet now, which just looks like a, a big fish is over Link's head, and that's <laughs> good, I suppose. <laughs> I was a little nervous going into the game, not because of any of the Zelda stuff, but because of the Dynasty War Warrior sure. stuff, and. Also, like, I didn't play a lot of Crypt before I played Cadence of Hyrule. And I was like, ah, you know, I like music. I like Zelda. I'll check that out. And I ended up really loving the mechanics masked inside of a Zelda game. And I'm finding myself with this being a Dynasty's Warrior game because I don't think it plays quite like the other ones. I do think, it, to your point. Yeah, it doesn't. I feel like I might be a little nearsighted on this one or have some bias because, one, it's the only one I've played. But, two, like, it does have a lot of familiar tactics to me. Like, I know how these these systems work but I, I i keep finding myself blown away by like just how fun the combat is and like how ridiculous it is to see how many of these like moblins you can have bouncing around and all these characters retaining their their personality traits like i haven't seen it done quite yet but i'd have to imagine that like in breath of the wild if a moblin lost its weapon it would pick some another one up and throw it at you or use it like i think those mechanics are here as well it I will say that if you are a fan of Zelda in any way, shape, or form, like you owe it to yourself to play this game because it has so much of an appreciation for the series and it, it keeps all of that going, no problem. I will say that, um, again, knowing that you are seeing how things came to be in the Breath of the Wild game that you know is incredibly exciting to me, and I, and I am equally as excited as I am, uh, you know, melancholy because... I know it's going to be really hard to see all these characters that you are getting to know much more yeah, personally. They all have to get iced eventually, right? It's, it's Halo yeah. Reach all over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yes. Uh, and I'll say, as a Dynasty Warriors fan, that I think if you are a Dynasty Warriors fan and you are seeing this and going, oh, 
you know, they've made tons of crossover Dynasty Warrior games before. Is this one worth it? I would say definitely if you are looking for a game that takes the mechanics of Dynasty Warriors and does something really cool and revolutionary with them. Uh, if you are one of those Dynasty Warriors fans, and I think I kind of fall a little bit, at least a little bit into this category of the one that just wants to hear terrible voice acting and hear Sao Sao uh, set those boats on fire. That's that's what I want to hear. Uh, then, of course, you're not going to get that here. The story is all Zelda story stuff. But from a mechanics perspective, I think they've done some really, really cool things here. And as a person who hated Fire Emblem Warriors, and I, you know, I love Fire Emblem the way that Bobby loves Zelda, um, the difference is that they did nothing interesting in terms of story with Fire Emblem Warriors, where they're doing really cool stuff in in this one there are some mechanics i can see that have crossed over though um and and they might have been in other dynasty warriors games or specific ones that i didn't play but the ability to go into the menu and and uh send your different troops out on the field and say hey i'm playing as link right now but impa is also on the battlefield with me impa i want you to go to this spot and fight this enemy uh and then also just being able to switch into those grand theft auto 5 style Mm-hmm. And, and just say, oh, well, I'll swap to this person who's in a completely different part of the map. Uh, I'm sorry, Watch Dogs Legion style, let's let's say. That's more uh, oh. more apropos of the moment. Um, so it's cool. Actually, it's not like Watch Dogs Legion because like, you can actually coordinate cool attacks uh, <laughs> and, and make the characters do stuff together instead of just swapping in willy-nilly. Uh, I had to get that dig in. I'm sorry. Um, it's. I, I think there's some really cool stuff in it as a Dynasty Warriors fan, and and it's worth playing if you like the Dynasty Warriors games and want to see something that does that and and takes it in, in new and interesting directions. Maybe one of the bigger surprises of the year for me. Yeah, definitely. Me too. I was not planning on playing this game. I yeah, you know same. I've I've yeah. played enough Dynasty Warriors games before. I never finished Breath of the Wild. This didn't seem like a thing that I needed to play. And then playing that demo and going, oh my god, there's actually a lot of really cool stuff here. I do need to play this game. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm thrilled to play it. I can't wait to see it through. Johnny, I hope that you find your way around to playing this game. because I, think I will play it. If I'm, maybe for this holiday season, this would be a game yeah. I can get. Now, Bobby, there's another game that you've been playing that I'm extremely interested in. Uh, yeah. And I want to know, one, how, how are you playing it? What what device are you yeah. playing it on? Sure. And two, what do you think of The Pathless? Yeah, man. So I'm playing The Pathless. Uh, that is a game that is made by the same people who made Abzu. Uh, the same creators that made Abzu, which I did Love not Abzu. know. Yeah. Uh, Giant cool Squid. And it's uh, put out by Annapurna, which is uh, same people who put out uh, the game that you were just talking about. It found, um, yeah. They, they it found. Annapurna is doing awesome, awesome stuff lately. Yeah, and I think that they just had like their collection of games come out. Uh, anyway, um, the Pathless. I'm playing this via Apple Arcade, mm-hmm. and I'm playing this on my iPad Pro 12.9 inch with an Xbox controller, and uh, I'm okay. thrilled with that setup. Uh, <laughs> it's it's essentially like a 13-inch screen right now with uh, a controller. That's great. I've played it on the Apple TV itself, and uh, I did not care for that experience nearly as much. My iPad Pro is 120. From like a control, control standpoint or like a performance 
performance. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it definitely chugged a bit on the Apple TV. Um, that Apple TV's got, I mean, that was a processor. I think it's got like shit. I mean, it's it's it, old. It's old. Um, it's not nearly as what capable uh, capabilities as the iPad Pro. But on the iPad Pro, it's it's one hundred percent a great experience. I really enjoyed on there. Uh, this game is out on PlayStation Five. I think it's on PS Four. I don't know if it's on Xbox or not. It is on uh, PS Four. I can tell you that. Uh, okay. It is not on Xbox. And it's not on, on P- Switch, which is no disappointing. Yeah, it's uh, so, PS Five, PS Four, iOS, Windows, etc. Epic, cool. epic games. Um, the Pathless is a gorgeous game. Uh, it's got a really good look to it. Um, you are dumped in, not too dissimilar from Breath of the Wild, a very exotic, different location. A lot of forest, trill, uh, hills, plateaus, water. Um, this game, you play as a an unnamed assailant, I believe. I can't remember. You might have a name. I can't remember. If you do have a name, it's very forgettable. Um, you're coming across um, a situation where you're you're seeing some dead bodies, some people that uh, look like yourself quite a bit. And there's a little bit of dialogue. You get some lore bits that you get from them. And then you do come across one individual that has this headpiece that you take and you put on and you can activate it. And it gives you uh, what the best I I can explain is kind of like Eagle vision from the Assassin's Creed series, where you're going to see the world in the uh, shade of blue and it highlights points of interest and enemies. Um, But, you are quickly reminded of the downfall of these people, the threat that's impacting these people. You do find the big bad in the game comes out. Um, you save this this magical, massive, large eagle. And in doing so, you are trying to sacrifice yourself to save the eagle. You get blasted away. Eagle gets destroyed by this person. But behind that eagle, I, I, it might not be an eagle. Hawk eagle is a big-ass bird. Um, some kind of bird. Some kind of bird. Um, a little uh, hatchlings left behind that you take on. And now you have this this bird partner with you. And that introduces some really cool mechanics. So the whole thing about this game, uh, it is a game about movement in a lot of ways. And the movement in this game goes from being really, really bad, and I think that's intentional, to being fantastic if you're playing the game the way it's intended. So... You are uh, a bow-wielding individual, and this this bird companion can help, uh, kind of like Banjo-Kazooie, where it will lift you up as you like jump over. You can hold down jump, or you can double jump with it. Um, but all throughout the world, there are these diamond uh, indicators that are things that you can shoot with your bow, and your bow works on a charge-up. So... You will be moving, and as you're moving forward, you do have a stamina meter in the game that uh, that is what you use when you're running. But whenever you shoot one of these items, it replenishes your stamina and it speed bursts you. And the best way I can explain it is once you hit the flow with this, like it becomes like you're skating across the land because you're just shooting your bow. And it's got such a satisfying sound design of the bow going and then the arrow flinging off and hitting these icons. And as you're hitting it, it's like you're hitting power-ups uh, like in a racing game where you go over the turbo spot and then you take off. If you're jumping, it propels you forward with your jump. If you're being carried by your eagle and you drop and you shoot a target, you get picked back up and carried further. 
it all flows in a way that feels very freestyle and free flowing. It's awesome. And I think the mo- most important thing that you're not mentioning there, like if you said all that stuff to me, I'd think, oh, this sounds like a really interesting, you know, endless runner. It's it's not. It's not linear. No. Like it is a completely open world that it's you are open. that you are like you can go anywhere you want and you can just keep chaining these these arrow hits yeah. and sliding around the world and it's Correct. incredible that yeah. they've been able to do this with a freedom of movement that can also look and feel that good feel like i have not played it i wish i had it's a little expensive on ps4 yeah uh definitely. you know you're getting what it, it is you're getting it with apple arcade uh essentially yep. for free at that point um, yeah. so not a worry for you but for me it's like i don't know if i, want I to do spend think that much but on PlayStation 5, they've also taken advantage of the controller there as well. Oh, sure. Some of that stuff. What I'll say is, um, you know, I didn't spend a ton of time with these. the game I'm about to mention. I know that this is a bigger game for you two. But there is 100% some DNA from Shadow of the Colossus at play with this. And um, I mean, it, it has that sort of like very ancient, mysterious look to it. Yeah. I mean, um, and, I don't know and, what and, the protagonist's main goal is here, but and like it, it, and it's coming from the devs who made Abzu, which Abzu, I think a lot of people correctly pointed to. Hey, this game's a lot like Journey, uh, and yeah. I would say this game is yeah. at least a little like Journey. I, I think your yeah, main like, character sh- has a similar like character style to it, especially with yes. the kind of cloak. Um, and then just like the, especially thinking about Journey's incredible moment of, of surfing on that sand down that big slide, it feels like that's what they pointed to uh, as the developers of this game and went, let's make a game that is that all the time. And it yeah. sounds like they've accomplished that. So there's basically, um, there's four, I guess they were gods at some point in time that are the shapes of different animals. Like the first one I did is kind of like a bull with a bunch of eyes on it. And they, they're, they're posted up in a particular part of the map. And like the map is sectioned off based off of these creatures. Um, encountering them does feel like it did when you were coming up on the, the colossals in, in that game and how you would enter. You're not climbing up on them, but the threat and like the, the size of them and like how, how you are approaching them feels very much like it did when I played that. Would it, I mean, this is, <laughs> it is reductive to say, but is this game kind of Journey meets Shadow of the Colossus meets Breath of the Wild? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that, totally. That's it what it looks like. off those vibes, for sure. But the game also does, like, very little to hold your hand. And much sure. like Breath of the Wild, it dumps you in this world and it's like, okay, just go. Go figure it out. And there's puzzles, much like a Zelda game that you interact with where you got to shoot your arrows through rings and you got to... I mean, it's definitely like scratching that itch for me, as as you all know, I'm a fan of that series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a great soundtrack to it, also. It's really like ambient, but then very orchestral whenever things ramp up on it. More important question, Bobby: Do yeah. I need to just suck it up and play this game before Game of the Year because it's that good and cool? Man, I really enjoy it. Um, knowing how much you like Shadow of the Colossus, I'd say yes. Knowing how much you were turned off by Breath of the Wild, I'd say no. <laughs> Knowing that you like Journey, I'd say go for it. That sounds like two do, yeses to one no. Maybe, I, I can, uh, do you have a, a free trial of Apple Arcade? No, I've, I think I've burned mine already. You burned through that? Okay, never mind. I would say also that like when when the movement is not going, 
like if you have a miss and i think this is intentional of course it's bad like when you're not free flow moving it's bad. right it, it wants that mastery of of the Correct. systems but you feel like you've earned it when you get it and what's really cool <sighs> about that too also dollars though it's i know 50 I would, bucks 50 dollars 50 bucks it's very steep for what i've seen Damn. so far it's what like yeah, is, it's like I'm complaining about about price here, and it's like, oh yeah, what are you thinking? And it's like what twenty, twenty five, thirty. It's like no, it's fifty dollars. And I, I mean, my, my I two, love Abzu, but Abzu was like a fifteen, twenty, twenty five dollar game. Can't remember which, right. but like I, like that didn't sting as much. And this one, I'm sure, I'm sure there's enough content in there. I'm sure it feels like a justified purchase once you have it, but. Knowing what that company has made before, knowing what it looks right. like and what it compares to, when I see a, a price of fifty dollars, it, it's like, oh, that is so much steeper than I wanted to spend. Here's what I'll say: my two final things. One of the things I think is really well done on top of the movement is the aiming, where you don't have to, um, as you are just flying through these levels. If you pull down the, you have to hold it and charge it, but you're pulling down your bow, and it it will just automatically find the closest target, which is really great. Um, I think Apple Arcade has definitely grown over the year, and there's some there's some decent stuff on there. What I would say, Chase, is $5 to test it, to see if it's even something that you would want to spend 50 bucks on, to at least know what this game's trying to show you. Should be a pretty easy... Like, yeah, hey, that's but, why but if I buy it on Apple Arcade, I, I'm then playing it on a phone, and I'm not sure that's the way I want to play a sure. game like this, and I don't have yeah. controllers that can hook up to my phone, or if I do, I don't want to go through the steps to make that happen. Um, sure. I, I feel like like unless unless you tell me, like, no, 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 this is seriously like a game of the year contender, like not just a top 10, but like a top four or five no, four it's not there four, for me okay then i feel like i can probably wait until this thing co- goes you know yeah thir- 30 it'll 40, eventually 50 be on sale off yeah but uh, it's, honestly, it's man, a like, game i will definitely do, keep my eye on if you do plan on getting one of these mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i would maybe i would maybe wait and play it with one of these and if you don't know what this is this is the new shiny Sony DualSense controller. And I was lucky enough to snag a PlayStation 5. And I got that delivered yesterday. It's a nice controller. Con- congratulations. Thanks, guys. Uh, I uh, I got three months of Apple Arcade for free with my new phone. And I'm downloading the Pathless right now. So Very cool. Um, so I'd love to talk to you two about the PlayStation 5. If sure. that's cool. Now, Bobby, you made off offline a very bold claim about this newfangled DualSense controller. And I'd like you to share it with the rest of the class. Yeah, I mean, look, this this controller's been hyped up beyond Bolivian. It's got all kinds of people talking about how great it is. Um, It's definitely a controller that people have talked about at length since getting their hands on it. And I can tell you with matter of fact certainty that it lives up, if not exceeds all the things I heard about it. Hmm. Now, Bobby, would it be a fair (laughs) statement to say that of the three of us, you cared about getting a PS five the least? Yes. (laughs) And yet you are the first to own one. (laughs) Yeah, here we are. 
Um, look, God I've not it. been, I've not been kind. I've not held back on a lot of my frustrations with Sony the last couple of years. And I think that um, even like I can tell you right now, I hate the way that this console looks. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> yeah, Bob, Bobby is that guy in Fargo who tells his wife to get his fucking checkbook, even though uh, he didn't want the true coat. <laughs> uh, what, what did it for me is I really liked my time playing Astrobot Rescue Mission on PSVR. I thoroughly enjoyed that. So, so let me get this straight. The, <laughs> the game that comes preloaded yeah. on the console is what not uh Look, not I'll tell you, Morales, I mean, this is this is not, no hang on hang on hang no, no, on no no I'm, I'm with bobby 100 percent on this hang on oh I got, yeah i'm, no, gonna I'm, stay I'm what playing I devil's say. advocate right here because all these motherfuckers that are making snide comments like that around astro i have news for you if this game said nintendo's astro it yeah. would be a 10 out of 10 game of the year 100 <laughs> done it would it would it would be everybody's top 10 it outperforms this, most Mario games that have come out when it comes to a platformer going for that wholesome. Oh, get the fuck out of here. It does. Beats Mario, please. I'm telling you, I'm, Astro's Playroom, outside of Mario's Odyssey, it sure shit beats any Mario game that came out this year outside of paper. Traditional platforming Mario games. 3D Collection, this eats its fucking lunch all day long. Those aren't new games. Those are old games. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Since Odyssey... There has been, and you can go back to the Wii, and I'll give you Galaxy. I'm playing that for the first time in this fucking crippled method. But Astro's Playroom is a fantastic platformer that has as much heart and care as Nintendo puts into their, their shit. And people uh, I, shit on it for, you, I will say that, you know, knowing that Bobby and I are not uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls fans, but I think even, even if we are probably trying to give it a fair shake, we would still say... Of the quote-unquote launch games for the PS5, uh-huh. Astrobot is the only one that I'm excited about. That That's game, totally fair. That yeah. game uh, rips hard, and there's not a better showpiece that Sony's designed to like say, "Hey, this is what this is what we're doing." Yeah, this is this generation's Wii Sports. I would. I, I don't think it's that good. By any shake, I don't think but it's like in we- terms of showcasing what oh, this yeah, hardware sure. is capable totally. of. It's uh, I, I think maybe a more apt description would be like Tearaway for the Vita, where it was like this is a game that is uh, sure. one just like a really cool little platformer, but also shows off all the mechanics of what this thing can do from the back touch to the front touch to the cameras to the uh, touch screen to any of that stuff. Like that, this does a similar thing with the Dual Sense of. How how those triggers feel the the rumbly yeah. of the of the triggers and uh, tell tell me so, about, tell me about the game tell me about the game tell me about the controller sell me your yeah, PS4 so, give me your PS <laughs> give me your PS4 so the Astro <laughs> the way it fires up the first thing it does as it has like the, the controller on screen and it's going through all the haptics and it's insane it really is insane what they're able to do because not only are they combining feel the speaker on the controller has been improved. And so the noises that you're hearing come out of the controller with the sound, the best way I can explain it, this is going to sound really strange. It's got that same sense of immersion as like when you first play VR, it's like, wait, what the fuck is happening? There's a weird sensory thing that happens that you're not used to when it comes to gaming. Like a Mm -hmm. game shouldn't feel the way it feels in my hands right now. Like even as like text flies across the screen, like I literally felt the letters moving from the left side of my controller over to my right hand. Really? Yes. Huh. That's cool. 
And so not only can it like mimic surface and things, but like the way that it's letting you feel like you're in a situation that's moving is wild. Going from sand to wooden planks and like how it distinctively sounds like sand and wood, but feels like you're slipping a little bit, like trying to get your grip when you know what it's like to like push down on sand when you're walking. Yeah. Like the vibration mm-hmm. feels that way in your hand. Huh. And then you go over and you jump into water and all of a sudden it feels like there's water moving across your hands as you're holding the controller. And it's very, I mean, I'm telling you. Stop it. You're ma- <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it, there's nothing we can do about it, Johnny. So, we both my, look, have tried to get PS5s at this point and failed. About this stuff, and I, how, I was. Pl- there's a part. Have you been so goddamn lucky? You got a, an Xbox Series X. You got a PS5. You got a wife. One of those new AMD CPUs. Uh, you got a 3080. You just the, you're batting a hundred. I'm doing all right. All no, 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 no. Batting a hundred would be very bad. He's batting a thousand. Oh. A thousand. So, a thousand. one other thing I'll say about it: there was a part on the Cool Springs portion where you're on a beach, and I had to call Sarah in here. I was like, "Look, like I know that you don't care about this. Is that part of Cool Springs? It is. Okay, good to know." And I said, "Hey, you need to. I just want you to hold this controller, and I want you to walk off the wood and follow that wooden path." She's like, "Okay." She's like, "Oh my god!" She was like freaking out by how it felt. And you get to a point where the the fans are kicking on and it's blowing all the sand up and it sounds like tink, 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 hitting your controller and you can feel each particle of sand like bouncing off the controller as the wind's blowing it on. It's insane. It's insane. See Now, that's not, don't even get me started. Hang on. The, 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 the triggers here, your R2 and your mm-hmm. L2s. When you first pick it up, they're showing you like how they can basically control those. Now... My, the other controller I'm pulling up right now for show and tell is I've got the Elite Series Two, which I oh piece of garbage was a great controller, but this piece <laughs> of shit. Um, so on the back of these controllers, they've got three stops that you can select that basically limit the amount that you can pull your triggers down. Yeah, the throw. it's a hard stop. The pro, the throw. So the throw. Sorry. So basically, you you get rid of your throw on that. Where on this, the first thing it has you do. It's like, okay, now pull these down. And as you do it, like it shows the controller on screen, like starting to shake and particles are coming out from where the grips or the handles come off the controller. And you like, you get down very little and then it's resistance. Um, so then like you pull through it and all of a sudden the controller just erupts in like a jetpack. And it's insane how they've been able to stop the triggers from moving down. The best way I can explain it is, um, cars that we had when we were kids that you would like pull back and you, yep. you like you can keep mm-hmm. pulling back and they get tighter and tighter on each pull and then finally it just bursts and goes that's exactly how these controllers feel when they start to tighten them up now that's a software thing though right like that's mm-hmm. i mean that's that is an adjustable thing like when you when you're pulling those triggers without playing a game they just kind of feel like regular triggers don't yeah. they so as you can hear yeah they click just like they normally would but that goes away so like in that astro you get a bow and you're going to be pulling it. So like then all of a sudden, like now, like I would have to like, yeah, I, like I say you're, crunch. You're knocking you're your like arrow crunching it down. Yeah. That's cool. That's so cool. Um, and then with Miles Morales, I'll talk about that here in a second. Um, as you're swinging through the city, like you're shooting your webs, you'll get to a point where like, say I went to the bottom of a free fall. Like I'm going down, I'm going down, building up speed. And I fire that web to like start going back up. 
that's going to feel a lot tighter to pull. So like that trigger is going to lock up a little bit more when you're pulling it down to pull yourself up from like a quick free fall back up to that height you're at where it doesn't feel as tight when you're just like quickly going. But that like, if you're like falling and it's going to pull on you, you're going to feel it pull that way with it. And it's just, Hmm. it's wild. Bobby, let me ask you a couple more questions about Astrobot. Uh, one, I yeah. know you've you've played the first game, the the VR game. Yeah. Um, so I'd yep. like to I'd like to hear a little bit more about how this compares from a gameplay perspective. And then the other part, yep. the the second question I have is, you are not uh, the biggest PlayStation guy. Like you you have not you probably I don't think you've owned a lot of PlayStation consoles over the years. Correct. Two two three four and now five. Okay, so you've owned a decent amount then, but yeah. but you're not as much of a PlayStation fan. Uh, where no, I would like, say I'm a, game, I'm a Nintendo. Kid. I mean, this game is a celebration of of PlayStation in that you yeah. are finding move controllers and finding like old Sony stuff, and this is like this game is a complete yeah. celebration of PlayStation. And is is that stuff compelling to you as a person who's maybe not as big of a playstation fan in general um the artifacting of it's really cool right like you're mm-hmm. you're finding these things and what's really awesome about it is again they tie into the controller so like the psp when you find that the controllers tighten up and you can like zoom in on it well if i slide up on my the touchpad it opens it up it's like you get to play with it in that sense and i think that's really cool you can see like all the stickers on it it tells you what it was, and it has the tagline they use for their advertising. So I think that's really cool from like a, a history standpoint. The is, thing that's is, got me excited is Kevin Butler in the game. Or, uh, or I'm sorry, found. PSP was more Marcus. Marcus wanted a PSP. Yeah, I, I haven't found Marcus. Um, one of the things that I find really cool is the little Astro characters. They have them hidden in each level, depicting a PlayStation game. So, like, when I first got to Cool Springs, um, often off, like, to the, the right of the beach, there's a boat. And you're always going to see somebody with a camera. And when you see somebody with a camera, that means that there's a scene from a game. And there is two of these Astro characters dressed up as Kratos and uh, his son. And they're okay. in the boat. And he's, he's got the axe. Um, like, I've seen one part where I had to come across, like, this mountainous range. And... There is Nathan Drake dangling from a rope. And it's the actual scene from uh, the first Uncharted where it's the plane that balances the wings and you got to cross it and you have to do that. Like there's this really cool, like it's, it's a game full of Easter eggs and it's a nostalgia trip built in a really cute, fun package. The music's really great. There's a ton of discovery in it. Um, like the same way that you would find stuff in Crash sometimes. Like you would bust boxes open and see shit there. Um, each one of the levels is broken down um, by a component of the PlayStation 5. So you've got like the GPU, you've got the cooling system of it, you've got the SSD, and you go in it and they build levels around those themes. And then you're collecting items. And there's a uh, like an actual PlayStation room. It's a, the door is a, an original PS1, and that's where all of your gear. So you can essentially find in the game every single piece of playstation hardware and accessories and so far i've got like move controllers i've got the playstation um the eye i think it was like the camera from the ps3 mm-hmm. the eye toy. um yeah. eye eye toy. Toy i toy ps2 sorry i've got a psp i've got the playstation 4 
Um, but it's just really cool, man. Like, it's have you a, seen Knack? Very, very... Where's Knack? I haven't seen Knack yet. Son of a bitch, Mark uh, Cerny, uh, what are you doing? He's Knack Three is coming. Just be patient. <laughs> I, I, um, I, if Knack, if Knack is not like a playable sidekick for you in in Astro's playroom, then what are we doing here? Um, I, I don't want to take too much more time up because I want to be respectful of everybody else here. But I did um play a, a, a good chunk of the opening of Miles Morales and uh, that game looks very very good there's two settings on it one is a 30 frames per second with uh, ray tracing and a bit more of a fidelity to it the other is more what they call a performance and it's kind of a scaled version of 4k at 60 frames and I find that is the way to play the game Uh, the ray tracing stuff looks good but swinging and moving through the city at 60 frames a second really is is how it needs to be. Is it still Spider-Man? Like, does it feel like the other Spider-Man game, or does it feel different playing as Miles? Um, so Miles has, you know, a different set of skills, different different ways that he can go into combat, and that, that really shines here um, with his Venom attacks. And I think that feels a lot better to me. Um, this This game has far more style than what Spider-Man did. Sure. And, I mean, it, it's got... Like a really great soundtrack. They're definitely leaning into what made um, into the Spider Verse work. Like down to the suit, even you can wear the suit and have that. Which I, the suit looks good. I turn off the feature of the suit, which makes it uh, like twelve frames a second. Oh. The reason I do it is it just like it's weird having that with everything else being. Yeah, I get it. So I have the suit on. Which looks awesome. It's really great. Um, it's I I dare I say it like so far I think it's got more interesting things going on for it than what Spider Man did. I mean I can uh, believe it. I still don't like the new Spider Man face. It's weird seeing his face that way because he looks almost the same age as Miles Morales now, and he's supposed to be this older like mentor Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah, he's like in his mid twenties. Yeah, and he he does not. He looks more like a high school Peter Parker than like a post-high school, college, on the rocks. Um, it looks like they're going to be tying into like somebody trying to use energy the wrong way again, which <laughs> seems, seems a little strange how from like a story. How dare they? Uh, but it feels really good. It loads really good. The, the load times in that game are ridiculous. Uh, going into the game itself, like firing it up, very, very good. Uh, I did fire up Destiny 2 Chase because I wanted to test the load times on it. They weren't what I would say PC levels are yet. I mm-hmm. think they're going to optimize that hopefully um, on the 8th of December when that patch comes out with the 4K stuff, but they definitely did load a bit faster. Cool. Um, awesome. I got this guy today. Uh, last thing I'll show you guys, I got the headset, the 3D audio that they've yeah. been touting for the did PlayStation. You send, did you have to send Mark Cerny your ears? Mark Cerny has my ears. Uh, he lent me these. Uh, that's a very comfortable headset. Very, very, very good. Um, and the 3D stuff works without you having to do anything on it. So PlayStation 5, as much as I didn't want it to be uh, what it is, my final thing I will say on this today is I would like to make the DualSense my default controller, if I could. I think it feels fantastic. Uh, the layout is a bit wider, especially if I grab my Dual Shock 4 controller. This fits my hands a lot better. And you throw in all the innovative stuff with the tactics that they're doing. I only hope that uh, that is something that all developers take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, that controller stuff sounds so cool. And it sounds like 
it sounds like kind of my argument when people are talking about VR and like, oh, you're, like, this is a this is something you can only get in VR. Like, look at how immersive it is. And mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that to a point. And you know, I've I've used Bobby's VR back when there wasn't a plague happening. And you know, I, I get it to an extent. I, I I can see it, but there's still this thing with VR for me of it's just such an inconvenient way to play video games. It is, you know, because of the immersion stuff, it keeps you from being able to look down at your phone or being able to, uh, you know, multitask, have something like if you get a phone call or something, you're in the middle of a game. It's hard to get out of that zone and it just doesn't feel practical in a sense, Uh, which is fine sometimes. Like if you if you are saying, I want to just sit down with this game and, and block out the rest of the world, I get it. But for me... I, I like the ideas that VR can give us, but I don't like the, the practical limitations of something like that. And this sounds more like what I'm looking for out of here's an incredible experience. Here's something that can put you into that into that world at a deeper level. But, but also you're yeah. still playing a fucking video game the way that we've played video games and understand them for so long. Uh, we don't we don't need I, I mean, I know there's some accelerometer stuff in there. So I'm when I say motion controls, I'm talking about like Wii style motion controls from back in the day. Yeah. Like we don't need everything to have gimmicky motion controls. We don't need everything to have um, like VR elements. We can have things that make you feel more connected to the game while still feeling like a video game at the end of the day. And this stuff makes me incredibly excited for this next future, this next uh, generation of gaming. Yeah, I, I will say um, having the PC with all the next next gen shit in it, like the 3080, like I know what like gaming's potential is, but having this controller, like that feels like an advancement in gaming. And uh, I think this is the, you know, you guys made fun of me, like being the person who didn't want a PlayStation the most out of the three of us. This controller and seeing the fanfare surrounding it is what really lit a fire under my ass to get one. And um, I'm very happy I did to experience this this year with it because I I can't say enough good things about that controller. That's rad. I'm I'm excited for you, and I'm also very pissed at you that you have one yeah. and the rest of us don't. <laughs> well, here yeah. in two minutes, you might be able to buy a bundled one no, from GameStop. <laughs> Johnny, yeah. I'm really struggling... Yeah. How am I going to follow that up? You're going to try and tell me to see why picking coins beneath a vending machine is worth my time right now instead of playing with this really cool look, controller. Because you are you hit rock bottom. You need to scrape your way back up, so you need to look for that yin wherever you can find it. That doesn't seem um, very much like what a dragon would do. Look, I mean, dragons love coins, so <laughs> really... You're doing exactly what a dragon would do. That's a good point. Uh, so, Bobby, uh, if you weren't aware, was referencing referencing uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is the latest entry in the long-running Yakuza series. Uh, it's my first serious foray but also, into this series. But also like an offshoot, because it doesn't, it doesn't star it's, Kiryu. It's in that same universe, mm-hmm. but similar to Judgment before it. It's Yeah, new cast of characters. Yeah. Uh, it makes reference to uh, some of the clans, and I, I think some of the other characters, their outfits, 
uh, that Kiryu would have in those old games. Uh, but for the most part, this is uh, kind of a fresh start for this series and the studio uh, that makes these games. Which makes it a good um, jumping on point if you haven't played exactly. any games before. Yeah, like I, all of us. I, yes. Uh, I played a tiny bit of Yakuza 0 a couple years ago. And, and I enjoyed what I played, but I did not end up sticking with it. Big surprise. The guy that doesn't beat games didn't stick with the game. Um, Shocking. But... So far, and I know, Bobby, you've struggled a bit, and Chase, you've echoed this too, and I, I feel and I understand that as well, uh, that it starts more than a little slow. Uh, it has a very gradual build-up to where I think it ultimately will go. Um, I don't think it is as egregious of an offender as something like Persona 5, where it felt like the first 15, 20 hours of that game was just kind of a slog to get through before you really got to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, More like a Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stoking the flames. Just uh, getting them early. <laughs> um, so this game is also really different in that uh, instead of being somewhat of a brawler, it's a turn-based RPG-style game. Hell yeah. And the reasoning be- behind that uh, is because... Uh, the story reasons. Ichiban. Yeah, story reasons. Uh, Ichiban, uh, Kasuga, this is all stuff that they've put in advertising. Like, I don't feel like this is a spoiler of any kind, but he is a massive Dragon Quest fan, and he views the world and his life as an RPG, and he's leveling up, and he's getting new skills. I, and- I think that moment at the beginning of the game is really good, setting that up, where his friend's mm-hmm. like, why do you let yourself get beat up like that? And he's like, well, that's what a hero does. Like, you yep. know, the, the enemy gets yep. their turn and then it's my turn. And, you know, you got to take some damage before you can come out and come on top. And he's like, yeah. yeah, but you're just getting your ass kicked for no reason. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think despite how long it takes to get going and what have you, there are some really good moments. And a lot of it is just getting to know uh, Ichiban and the party members that you will take with you along the way. So I I feel like they maybe could have done it a bit more effectively, but it was doing necessary, necessary, you know, work to get you uh, to know and appreciate these characters. Uh, I think my issue is, is yes, it is slow, but also it, it doesn't feel like it's giving me the mechanics early enough Mm -hmm. like speaking about this being a turn-based rpg you barely do any of those battles in the first chapter and even the second chapter until the end of the second chapter which is you know a good four-ish five-ish hours into the game at that point there are lots of cutscenes at the beginning and i think the cutscenes are well done um i'm playing this with the english voice acting which i think is serviceable so um the, the japanese voice acting is also quite good but um, I, you know, I like that there's a, a decent dub of this, so I've just been listening to the dub. Um, but there are very long cutscenes. There's a lot of just running from point to point early in the game, and there are very few of the random battles that you can get into. Um, totally. That that the ones that they do show or that they let you be a part of, um, they're just like very slight parts uh, that I know are going to happen more often as the game opens up it's just that the game 
doesn't open up. Uh, it hasn't in the first two chapters, and Bobby and I are just starting chapter three, and it's it seems like it seems like this is the part of an RPG where the character loses everything. You lose your party member and all your items, and you kind of have to start back from right. square one. Except. I never got to square two. Like no. we 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 didn't get the chance to get stuff to know that now we've lost stuff and now we're at that same yeah. moment where it's like, oh, you lost everything. It's like I didn't have anything. I had one party member for like twenty minutes and then he was gone. And I don't think he's even like a party member going forward. I think he's just to tutorialize. This is what party members can be. Um, and now that I've started chapter three, I've seen a guy who I've seen in promotional materials. Mm -hmm. So I think this is right. my first actual party member that I'll get eventually. But even then, I haven't gotten him yet. So it's hard to it's it's hard to um, like be more with those mechanics to understand those mechanics more of like the team attack stuff that I do an attack. And if if my partner can get an attack on that same guy before he stands up, it's a critical hit. I mean that hasn't got that, that that opportunity hasn't been available very often because I'm still usually just one guy, uh, and that right. that will change. Yeah, I know it'll in change. chapter three. Okay, good. Uh, three and then going into four, uh, it really I think hits a good stride. Um, things are happening in the story. Uh, you know, you're able to wander around the world more as you please. And, and that's the uh, yeah. world where you're going to be more often, right? Like the the first two chapters kind so. of take place yeah. in uh, Kamarocho, the the old city from previous Yakuza games right. where where Kiryu would be, and that's not where this one takes place. This takes place in Yokohama, I believe, or somewhere in Yokohama. I think so, yeah. Uh, so it's a different area, which might be why the first two chapters feel so linear is that they're you're playing in a place that you're only there for a little like a brief period yeah like that's not what the uh, game before I, you I mean, move on to this new area i think so this is my first time playing one of these games mm -hmm. and an rpg no Yakuza. <laughs> i'm i'm struggling um i think that there's a lot that i like or want to like but i just feel i'm on chapter three i've barely done any fighting and I see my characters leveling up, but I don't feel like I have any control over like what attributes mean or what they do or why that even matters. And I, I you know, things like this, I would imagine maybe I'll be getting items at some point. Like, uh huh. Like, so can gear. I, can I, can I just pitch right here? Yeah, sure. It's, it's all of that is about to change. And get dramatically better, right? For you guys, like I mean, it's, get it's chapter a, three. It's a job system. Yeah, like the the game has a job mm -hmm. system, but the the problem I think that Bobby and I are having, and I'll I'll, I'll I want to say, despite the problems that I'm having, I still really enjoy a lot of what this game is doing, and I'm having a pretty great time yeah. with it. Outside of one story related thing, I'll bring up here in a bit, but. Um, but yeah, I can I can echo Bobby's sentiment of like, oh, I leveled up my job, great, except. I don't have another job I can go into, right. so it feels kind of meaningless to say, "Oh, great, you got you got more stuff for your job." And like, well, okay, but that's, I it's not like I had a hand in that. Um, <laughs> I being at the start of chapter three, I've only made one meaningful choice that has changed my personality stats. Uh, when I could be nice to a drunk woman or just scold yep. her, 
And I think that the bones of that are really cool. You see it on your character stat screen where it shows, you know, kindness or confidence or uh, mm-hmm. these different personality traits that you can get with uh, with Ichiban. And it feels it feels like it might become a system that gets really deep and cool and interesting in a way that is, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges, but I think of something like Mass Effect where it goes, well, here are basically the two paths you can go down. Do you want to go be Paragon or Renegade? And this game goes, no, 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 no. Like Kiryu is, or not Kiryu, uh, Ichiban is like all these different things. He could be very stylish. He could be very charismatic. He could be all these different things. And that changes the way your character, I mean, it's more like Fallout in in a sense of like, uh, of checks uh, of those those kind mm-hmm. of RPG checks of did you uh, do you have enough style points to make this happen right. with a dialogue choice um, and that stuff seems really cool it's just we've gotten literally one option in the very yeah. linear way I, that the first two chapters do and and I know you're going to say again that's all about to change and I believe you but knowing that I've put about five six hours into this game at this point like that's a lot of time to put into a game i could be finished with other games by now and it's a a big it's a big ask yeah i think it'll be worth it like i don't get me wrong i i still intend to keep playing this game and i think once it gets to the part that's opened up once i get some party members once i can start picking some different classes once i can see the chicken super attack uh then i'm gonna go oh this is the game this is the game that i wanted um but but being that it takes so long for us to get there. So Johnny, you said you are in chapter four, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know what percentage of the way through it I am, sure. but I'm, I've played uh, a, a few missions inside of chapter four. And, uh, you know, it's, like I said, the, the world has opened up to me quite a bit. Um, you know, I was, I was walking around between missions and I found an item shop. And I was able to go in, and I bought a new weapon uh, for for Ichiban, and they also had weapons from the other members of my party, uh, of whom I have t- I have two now cool. in my party, and I think that you'll have four people that co- can total that you can uh, have in your party at once, including Ichiban. Okay. Um, and I have unlocked a whole bunch of more skills for the people in my party. I have someone who's acting like a healer. Um, you know, it is. An RPG ass RPG in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, with some very Paper Mario esque, you know, hold the bu- hit the button at the right time mm-hmm. to defend against some damage. Uh, yeah, like do and, do uh, some like slam on push X or Y, and then you'll do more damage right. uh, during your attack. Uh, there there are those moments where if a guy's knocked down on the ground and you attack quickly enough with your next person, it'll be a crit. Um, and you have attacks that have AOE or just affect one enemy. Um, you have what I would consider almost like an all-out attack like you would have in Persona, uh, where each member of your party is doing a different thing during this cutscene that you can skip if you want, but I haven't yet because yeah, it's would just you? so much fun to watch. <laughs> right. Um, so I think if, if you can just get past that initial investment that it's asking you to make, which... I didn't have that much trouble getting through. I was like, it didn't bother me as as badly as it sounds like it's a it's bothering Bobby. And, and I think the story um, is is relatively compelling uh, from what they're mm-hmm. what they've yeah. done outside of my one issue. Which when you're ready to discuss that, I'm ready. But <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so um, for me, it's I I bought this game because it looked goofy and fun, and because I heard so many good things about uh, Yakuza Zero and and the other entries in that series. And for me, it is starting. It's beginning to go beyond what I had hoped it would be uh, for me personally. And I'm just I'm so eager to get further into the story and see more of it and meet more of these interesting characters. Uh, I got I uh, I heard someone on I think on the Giant Bombs podcast refer to this thing as a scum scumbag Pokedex, which is okay. It just keeps track of the different scumbag people Pokedex? that you fight in the world. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and they have a specific word that they use for it, but they make they definitely make some Pokemon jokes and it's, it's so good. It's just, it's so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm really eager to put more time into it, hoping to get through a good chunk of that game before cyberpunk. Well, if cyberpunk comes out <laughs> next month, nice. Hoping to put some, if some major time into it. Um, yeah, the uh, other, th- I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, put, I'm excited to put more time into it too. Uh, if I wasn't grinding on destiny to try to be raid ready, then I definitely would have played more. Uh, okay. Here's my issue. And I don't think it's an issue that is as much of an issue as I had with persona five, where I just thought it straight up didn't make sense. This one mm-hmm. also doesn't make sense, but in a way that isn't bothering me quite as much. So Ichiban story-wise here, Ichiban was part of this family, the, uh, Asa, Asuka, uh, fuck it. Arakawa. Arakawa. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm g- Which is a member of the Tojo clan. Thank you. Yes, these are important things I'll remember. Um, so yes, he is. He uh, early in his life, uh, when he's a young, stupid kid, he gets into some trouble. He shouts out the name of this yakuza boss uh, because it's just one he knows, and he thinks it'll keep him from getting killed. And this yakuza boss comes in. And even though he doesn't know him, makes this incredible sacrifice of letting him, letting these people take one of his fingers uh, to, to be able to just rescue this kid. And doesn't even want anything from the kid. Goes, just goes, yeah, you put me in a bad spot, but you know, to protect my honor and to protect my clan's honor, uh, my family's honor, this is, this is just the stuff you gotta do. So, you know, good for you, kid. Get, a, get the fuck away. And because Ichiban has nothing else going on in his life, he decides he needs to be a part of this family. He needs to be closer to Arakawa. So he is super loyal to this guy, waits in the rain every day for, like, what, half a year or whatever they say, uh, until finally uh, he's let into the family, and then we see him kind of grow up and become the the Yakuza uh, right-hand man that he is. Until he gets this chance to prove himself uh, where somebody else kills... Uh, a rival clan member and uh, that person is important enough to the Arakawa family that Ichiban is going to take the fall for him and spend 15 years in prison, which turns into 18 years in prison because, again, he's so loyal to Arakawa that just one guy in prison going, hey, your boss is stupid, uh, was enough for him to get in a fight and get three more years tacked onto his thing. He is that loyal to his boss at that time. He gets out, and when he gets out of jail, finally, 18 years later, later nobody's there to pick him up, uh, and he's now searching and figuring out, like, what the hell's going on. This is just the general kind of story set up for the first couple chapters, and he realizes that Arakawa has 
now betrayed the Tojo clan and went to that rival clan and is now like a leader there. And instead of just going, cool, I never gave a fuck about the Tojo clan because all I care about is Arakawa. He's the one who saved my life and the one I am super loyal to. He goes, no, I'm so loyal to the Tojo clan. How could he do this? I need to go ask him some questions and figure it out. And then he gets in a bunch of fights with a bunch of the rival clan members instead of just saying, hey, yeah, like I'm super loyal to Arakawa. I'll just go along with you guys. Just tell me where he is. He decides to get into a bunch of stupid fights that don't make any sense. And then once he finally does meet Arakawa in a really confrontational way, he gets no closure, which I didn't really expect him to get. But then he just kind of gets dumped out and chapter three happens. Uh, And I'm just trying to figure out why this happened the way that it happened. I feel like you can make a very easy tweak to this story and it all makes sense. You could just have him say, have him come back to Arakawa and go, oh man, I've missed you so much. You switched clans, no big deal to me. I don't care. And then have Arakawa for no reason just shoot him like he does or cast him out of that clan. Or even say, you know, here's the deal. You took the fall. I know you didn't do it, but you took the fall for the clan that I'm in now. Like, I switched clans now, and that clan has the guy that you murdered in it, or used to be in it. So, of course, they all hate you. You can't be in this clan. I have to save face by throwing your ass out. And then he could feel betrayed. But he doesn't. He's just, like, loyal to some clan that he doesn't give mm-hmm. a fuck about and not and decides to not be loyal to the guy he's been loyal about his entire life. And it makes no fucking sense to me, and I do not understand what they were doing. Change my mind. <laughs> do you do you know why? I mean, I don't. If it's like a story thing that I'm gonna learn, then no, I don't care. But I no, I was just because because reasons. Sure, because it needed to happen for the story. Sure, oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I know it's a, it's an incredibly small thing. I, I didn't think about that too hard when I went through it, so it, it didn't really trip me up. Um, it's a small thing. I just think it's dumb. Like he even gets a letter in jail. From Why didn't he pull a letter out to show the guys at the fucking cemetery? Here's right. the letter. It was on him. He had the letter. Yes. It's like, here's the letter. Arakawa obviously but, cares about me and I care about him. You know, Fuck what clan he's in. Uh, it would have made so much more sense. It, I know it doesn't Ichiban's matter. maybe not the smartest guy. He's definitely not. But So, Johnny, yeah. you, you're enjoying this game quite a bit. I am. What else are you enjoying right now? Uh, Still AC Valhalla. That's that game is very good. It's the best Assassin's Creed they've made in a very long time. Yep. Um, haven't really progressed the story too do, much. Do Let you just... think it's the best Assassin's Creed they've they've made? Full stop. Uh, I still there's something about two that will always yeah. have a, okay. like a very special place in my heart. Sure. This, uh, but the, the the town building's a lot like two was. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really cool yeah. stuff that harkens back to that. Um, I mean, mechanically, you know, it's a better game, obviously. Uh, the stealth stuff is kind of the same, but I really like the combat. Uh, I like Eivor as a character. Yeah. Uh, having a lot of fun playing, uh, with her. Are are you switching the genders or? I haven't yet. I, I just, I'm, I'm enjoying the performance from, uh, the actress who, plays female Eivor. I'm playing um, as male Eivor. Yeah, and I've, you know, she's I've got her head shaved, she's got 
a hammer and an axe, and I'm just I'm fucking shit up. Um, and I've mainly just been raiding uh, surrounding areas. Hey, I know how that feels. Yeah, just just yeah. raiding six um, hours a day to yeah to improve improve my settlement. Uh, I think that game does a lot. I wasn't again. I wasn't going to buy this game. I signed up for you Play Plus to try Watch Dogs, and I also was able to get this because they came out within a couple weeks of each other, and I'm really glad I did. It's it's very, very good. Um, other than that, I played a tiny bit of Destiny 2 Beyond Light, the first two or three missions, and that first mission is a real bitch. It's, it just kind of throw you out there. There's no uh, like cover or anything, and I got my shit kicked yep. in real hard yeah. uh before i i tweaked my loadout um, like that storm that storm comes out and you can't you can uh, barely even see the vandals but they're hitting you yeah it's a oh but they're there it's it's a very cool way for them to introduce that area and just go yeah, yeah. we have snow effects now fuck you fuck you yep. check out this weather and they're pretty good they're pretty it's good, good. bungee uh good snow. makes good snow so that i will uh say wraps it up for me definitely the the thing i'm enjoying the most most right now is Yakuza, but Valhalla is a very close second right now for me. Nice. Well, um, we are here now near the wrapping point of our show. Uh, we've gone pretty long, uh, but I think we can. Well, what are we what are we doing here, guys? You want to go through these? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think we necessarily need to go through every category and mention every game, but. You know, I just kind of want to ask you guys, seeing this nominee list of 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 all these different nominees, of course we don't care about the esports or or like the uh what is the the like the best influencer or whatever bullshit it's called. Yeah. Um No, like the yeah, game of the year uh for the game awards. Yeah, like did you guys see anything in this list uh, of any of these nominees? That that you that stood out to you, either good or bad. Any any anything uh, at all? Good. Hades. Sure. Yep. Hades got nominated for a lot. Got a lot. Deservingly of so. Sure. Uh, Doom Eternal, which I think I like the most out of everyone on the show. Uh, I don't understand how it got nominated for Game of I the have Year. No idea. Um, that's kind of weird to me. Like I like I said, I didn't. I played maybe the most here, and I had a good enough time with it. Um, but I think I that Doom think, 2016 is a better game. I don't think Doom uh, or Ghost needs to be on the Game of the Year list. I agree. I'm looking forward to saying that same yeah. that same thing when it comes uh, to our Game of the Year list. Yeah, <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Ghost of Tsushima. I enjoyed more than Doom Eternal. Uh, it's a really pretty game with like an all right story, um, but. I think the only reason it's on there is because it's a it's a PS4 exclusive, and that carries more clout than you know just being. Yeah, but a lot of these are samurai. like Last of Us Part Two is a PlayStation exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Final Fantasy a PlayStation exclusive? Or yeah, is that Final Fantasy until Last next of Us. year. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. like yeah, so like a lot Last of these are PlayStation two. exclusives, which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Um, you know, I I definitely don't care about Doom Eternal, but I will say the one thing I do like is that. Because they're listed alphabetically, Animal Crossing New Horizons and Doom Eternal are right next to each other. Games that came out Just the same like day, life. games that uh, their communities have have come together. Uh, Doom Guy Isabel is one of the best things that has come out of 2020. Uh, so I think that's that's fun. Yeah. Um, um, 
Go ahead. Yeah, yeah keep... I'm I'm happy that Final Fantasy VII Remake got nominated. I think that's a very yeah. special game, if not at the same time maybe deeply flawed in some ways. Uh, but I'm personally looking at the list of nominees here. I hope Hades takes the award personally. I mean, I would not be mad. Uh, if yeah. Last of, if Last of Us took a backseat to Hades, I would not be mad at all. Yeah, I, I can't be mad. Uh, like I am, I am all for anyone praising Hades in any sense. Uh, so I, I definitely understand that. Uh, there were a couple other things that stood out to me as interesting. Uh, you know, Weeb Timber uh, was was just a little while ago, yeah. and thankfully it got represented here. Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim is in best yeah, narrative. Best narrative, which. That's cool. Which I guess is cool. I mean, I think the story there is is interesting, and maybe the way it's told is maybe why it's in best narrative. I, I still think Vanillaware makes some of the most gorgeous looking games, uh, so mm-hmm. I feel like it makes more sense in something like best art direction. But you know, hey, it gets a nod for a thing, and that's exciting to me. Um, Chase, how are you handling, or how are you like comprehending Hades? getting all this love i know that like it might take it down a few notches for you since a lot of people like it um is that (laughs) that gonna be an issue for you for game of the year because traditionally like if anybody likes something it's not good so uh, i didn't know that's a good point it's a good point i'll have to consider that uh i will tell you uh without completely revealing my hand that hades is in my top three games this year and honestly i do not know where in that top three it lands my, I, I have three games that came out this year that are my three games, and then there's everything else. Um, mm-hmm. And I just do not know where to put those three, and it changes daily, and it changes on the criteria that I have. So that'll be something yeah. that I'm excited to talk about when it comes to Game of the Year time. Um, uh, a couple other things that did stand out to me. The games for Impact, I, I always find to be uh, the most interesting category here because it's usually smaller games that have something cool or interesting about them. And that's why I tried out a game like If Found, Kentucky Road Zero TV Edition is on here. So obviously they don't have the issues that I potentially have with how long that game has been in development and how many times that game has technically come out for all of its different acts. Uh, but as a as a full piece, I get that. Um, and then, uh, like, Best Indie also is, like, it's cool to see a game like Carrion show up there. Uh, sure. And uh, I know I wasn't the biggest fan of Spirit Fairer. You guys, uh, or Bobby at least, I know like Spirit Fairer. I liked okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you both like Spirit Fairer then. Uh, cool to see that there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think games games for impact. Like there, there's not a stronger one on the list than that. Uh, I mean, uh, I, okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, Though I think the thing that bothers me maybe the most is uh, best mobile game. You know, me as the as the gamer on the go, uh, it looks like they have have changed mobile to mean phone game instead of mm-hmm. you know handheld stuff. Uh, just I mean, it's Among Us. You know, by a country that, mile. Right? Yeah, that's also weird as a game that came God. out in twenty eighteen. I, I get that you. Shh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean. It it mattered in 2020, so Look, I kind I understand when people say that, but it also just feels wrong to me to to put something like that there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 
I'm interested to see uh, who will take home the awards. Yep. And also what reveals we get, because last year we got the Series X. So. That's true. Uh, that that show has been pretty decent in the in the recent past of being a place to show off new stuff. That's where No Man's Sky uh, got announced or shown. Like, had a big trailer. Had some kind of big big showing at one point. You mean that's where we first got lied to? Yes. Uh, that's where I we, would like to see uh, um, maybe something for Breath of the Wild 2. That'd be nice. That, I think that makes a ton of sense. I'd like to see them debut something there for it. Um, I doubt that Nintendo would use this time to show like the Switch Pro. I wonder. I, think- I wonder how much Nintendo intends to be a part of this, considering Reggie's now gone. Because I know Reggie and, and Jeff Keighley were relatively tight in, and that's why a lot of that happened. I don't know if that still happens now that Reggie's not. Uh, a part of it or not a Nintendo part of it anymore. Um, but I have to imagine that, you know, D- Doug Bowser's not going to throw throw a relationship like that away. Yeah. I also wonder how COVID no. changes the show. Like, they're, def- yeah. they're definitely not going to have musical guests play into a big crowd. I mean, they might still have musical guests. Uh, I wonder how... Andrew WK oh, God, comes out. God. Please, please <laughs> no. Please, can we stop this? <laughs> Right on. Yeah. Well, the the real game show, Game Awards, will happen here in a few weeks when the casual hour does it. Yeah, the one that matters. The one that matters. Totally. I'm hoping that this year we have the least hurt feelings uh, from years Mm, past. Don't count on it. There's a little game called The Last of Us Part 2 that I think is going to lead to some hurt feelings. And not Maybe for me. you should stop playing Destiny and play that game before you start talking about it. No, nah, I'm good. Game of the year. I don't play bad yeah. games. I'll remember that. I'll have you be quiet then when we talk about it. Um, so with that being said, let's wrap up this episode while we still are friends so we can work on not being friends here the next few weeks. Um, next week, I believe, is a preview episode. Yeah. For December. We, get, we finally and get to figure out the games that come out in December. Finally, finally. get to figure them out. And let you know what they are because we care about you all so much. Uh, but if you have a thought on some of these game awards nominees, please let us know. Uh, we are the casual hour at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at the casual hour. You can shoot, shoot us a voice message on Anchor uh, where this is hosted. Uh, anchor.fm slash casual hour chase when can we expect your game of the year list for gamers on the go? Uh, it's being recorded this Sunday. So maybe maybe the week after, maybe early December. We'll see. Very cool. Cool. Uh, Johnny, when can Jude yes. give us his game of the year list? And why will Roblox uh, be on it 10 times? Uh, uh, Splunky uh, 2 will be in there somewhere. Oh, like yeah. That'll be number six. And then Roblox will take the other nine spots. Yes, exactly. Different games within Roblox. L- um, Little Nas X. In Roblox. No. Be best performance. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <sighs> Anything yeah. with you and Jude? Or are we just going to say stop it? Uh, no. It's same old, same old. We played Roblox earlier tonight. so <laughs> I knew it. Um, fair. Well, gentlemen, thank you for everything. Uh, come over and play the PlayStation when the plague's not around. Hopefully you guys get one here soon. And uh, we will be back next week to tell you all about December. Bye, everybody. Okay. Okay.